This is the ATM at the Minute podcast presented by Fan Fuel Sports. I'm Peter Mitchell here with the Jackson Stover, episode 81. And we got a whole lot of football to talk about. The Oklahoma State Cowboys are in the top 10 of the AP That's the Cowboys you need to be rooting for this year, baby. Oh, what do you know? I I root for two Cowboy teams. Well, thank goodness you've got a good one. Right. Um, All right. Today's agenda. A little different than last week. We got some uh, awards again. We enjoyed doing those. Then we're going to introduce a segment called Post Game Pressers. We're going to pretend to be some under-fire coaches. That should be fun. And finally, Bankroll Builders. We're going to make it a little more uh, concise this week. We gave out a lot of stuff last week, recapped a little too much. We understand. It's hard to take (laughs) in all these lines and numbers. So that's how we'll end it. And we got to talk a little bit about the finals, but not too much after the Lakers went up 3-1 last night. Yeah, depressing stuff, but we do have to mention it. Yes. So, Jackson, unless there's anything else you got there, let's touch on a little news here. Stefan Gilmore, Defensive Player of the Year, tested positive for COVID today. Pictures going around with him dapping up Patrick Mahomes after the game. Oh, no. A little bit scary. And then also two more Titans, I believe it was Adam Humphreys and Corey Davis, both placed on the COVID IR list. So if that game plays this weekend, the Titans-Bills game, I don't know who Tannehill's going to be throwing the ball to, but I don't think they're actually going to play it. I don't think they're going to play it either, but A.J. Brown is supposed to be good to go at oh, least. So that helps my fantasy team because I've got him sitting on the bench the last three weeks in two leagues. So I hope they play and I hope he's out there. Yeah, so apparently they held a secret practice at a local high school or something. That that report needs a little more confirmation. I need something. I saw from the picture Schefter. of it. I saw yes. a picture of it. It happened. Saw pictures. I think they're gonna get severely punished if that's, that's all what true. I saw. An it's auto gonna be forfeit. a big one. Yeah, auto yeah. forfeit, loss of draft picks, huge. They're probably gonna fine. get fined a few million dollars at least. Vrabel, I don't know how involved he was in it, but if it somehow comes out that Vrabel orchestrated it and was there, yeah. I'm sure he's gonna see he even maybe a severe punishment or something. Yeah, I could see him getting suspended like three games or something like that. Yeah, but I'm not surprised. He's a total football guy, so he probably yeah. doesn't believe in any of this. He probably listens to Clay Travis on the radio. Oh gosh. But the other thing is, too, it's such a disadvantage if you do have to stay home and not work with your team for a week plus. Because, I mean, that's just other another day. Every other team's getting to get better, get more reps with the offense in. And, you know, they didn't have the preseason. They didn't have a normal offseason. Most teams are still kind of getting it together, still finding their groove and having to take a week off after a few weeks on when you're just now kind of getting in the feel of being back can't be good so granted i want football to happen i want everyone to be safe but i don't blame the titans at all i probably would be doing the same thing in that boat (laughs) yeah i think you paraphrased for big ben a little bit too there was a report that came out on him saying you know i was finally getting into the flow of things i think we got the short end of the stick this last week because i mean they weren't the ones that tested positive so it'll be interesting to see how they play against the eagles this week Um, On the Gilmore thing, I think this is a very clear example of 
how the COVID incubation period works because they said that he was in close contact with Cam Newton, flew on an air, a separate airplane than the rest of the team with, with a few other people because they had been in close contact with Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems a little fishy. I mean, I think that could warrant some kind of punishment too. Like if you know that these people could very well be so you're saying like sticking all them together knowing one or two probably have it just like ah, all the people on this plane can get it right but then you go into the locker room you play on the field and everything it just doesn't make a lot of sense i I don't know what these guys do in their off time away from the facility but yeah that's what i was gonna ask you do you think there's a reason why we got through the first few weeks fine and now all of a sudden the cases are popping up on a few different teams and we're starting to see it become a lot more of a common thing i mean do you think it was like hey we got through a few weeks this is all working good i'm gonna go out and have some drinks with the guys after the big win or i'm gonna go get some wings at magic city tonight whatever it may be it really could be anything. I think the teams that really feel good about their chances are going to be, um, I think their players will probably be a bit headier about it. Not saying the Titans aren't a good team or anything, but we saw what, you know, just one or two positives can do to the whole organization. So yeah, even when it's a, you know, with all due respect, a meaningless player. It's not like Ryan Tannehill was the first guy to get it. Then all of a sudden the whole Titans have it like it was with the Patriots where it seemed like Cam Newton was the first apple to fall. But Mm -hmm. just a a weird deal. But I I agree. I would hope that the teams in serious contention or with real Super Bowl aspirations are all going to be extremely disciplined and really not go anywhere other than their house, the training facility, and the field. Yeah. Last thought. So college teams are losing 10, 20 guys at a time, and we don't hear anything at all about it. No. So anyone who's saying cancel the whole season, this is going to ruin the entire NFL season, slow your roll. Let's all take a deep breath. We're all Baseball figured it out. Baseball, baseball figured it out. out. Thank so, you. So that's all you need to hear. NFL yeah. can, they can get in 16 games per team if MLB could get in 60. Exactly. So we'll leave it at that. And then on the college football front, we got the Red River rivalry this weekend. It's always early October, baby. OU and Texas both coming off of losses, though. Yeah, this might be the least anticipated Red, Red River, River rivalry in like a decade. Um, I don't think it's anticipated. I think it's dreaded. Because if OU loses three straight. I I can't wait. Hey, shout out to the Golden Hurricane. TU had more votes for the top 25 than OU this week. Yes, that is noteworthy. But OU is a half a point favorite over Texas. I don't understand that. Uh, The total 72 and a half. (laughs) What would you pick on here? I would take Texas money line. I'm staying away from it all. I haven't been impressed with OU or Texas. Seems like every game Texas plays, they're just begging to lose. Right. And OU has not looked good at all. So this game I'm probably going to watch just because it's the Red River rivalry, but I'm not putting any money on this. I'm staying the heck away. Wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. And 72 and a half is a hell of a lot of points. But yeah, I'm not taking anything here. I would want to say the over in this game normally, but 72 and a half. Yeah, that's large. I haven't really seen much of Rattler yet. I've, you know, Saturdays, you end up 
seeing yeah. people or whatever. So yeah. uh, I'll be looking forward to that. Um, and OSU's in the top 10. So Yes, sir. They actually have a clear path to the playoff if they can handle business in the Big 12, but it seems like uh, that's always easier said than done. Bye week this week, and then yes. Mr. Sanders will be back. Two huge things. I mean, everything fell Is that in confirmed? Um, whenever I was watching them this last week, they said that Sanders could have gone against yeah. KU, mm-hmm. but they played KU, so they didn't play him. So. Smart. Smart. Yes. And we'll leave it right there. Homecoming down the drain again in Lawrence, Kansas. That was right. your homecoming? Yeah. But I mean, <sighs> what, what are you going to do? It's COVID. I mean, year. you're going to lose regardless. So yeah, I mean, hey, whatever. Yeah. We, we stayed out of Lawrence this year. Usually all the alumni's back doing its thing, uh, saying what's up to Nobby, hopping in the Jayhawk Cafe for some shots, whatever. But yeah, <laughs> not a thing this year. All right, let's get into it. Week four NFL awards. We got three awards apiece this week. Jackson, take it away. Who is your fantasy MVP? My fantasy MVP this week is George Kittle. Nice. He absolutely destroyed me in one league. I thought I had a dub (laughs) secured. I had a nice 25, 30 point cushion. And next thing I know, I lose by double digits. This man puts up 40.1 points PPR. He just wouldn't stop. It didn't matter that they made a QB switch. I mean, it could have been, you could have put a sixth grader out there throwing him the ball and he would have been just absolutely torching the defense. He looked incredible. And the Eagles could do absolutely nothing to stop them, even though they won the game. Kittle Kittle got a moral victory. That was for damn sure. Yeah, 15 for 183 in a score. The play where he caught the ball running towards the left sideline and said, I ain't getting out of bounds. Yeah. That's back. Stiff arms the defender. I, the dude is a savage. I said. I love that move where he kind of baits people like he's going right. out of bounds. That Oh, never mind. Truck stick right to the dome. Mm-hmm. He's so fast. Amazing after the catch. I was thinking the three of the people that I would really not want to tackle in the NFL. Kittle. Taysom Hill. Oh, throw Henry on there. All right. Taysom Hill gets that pad level really low. Yeah, he puts some licks down on people. And Zeke. I mean, we already saw him knock out a Falcons defender at the goal line this year. So that's my top three at this point in time. Um, I'll go ahead with my fantasy MVP because Yeah, let's hear it. It's it's gotta be Dak Prescott. And why not? Come on. Come uh, on. You would have to get your cowboys in here somehow. We're gonna talk about him at some point, I'm sure, but 502 yards, four touchdowns, 37.28 fantasy points. He's the number two overall quarterback on the year, thanks to his team having the worst defense in the entire NFL. But hey, if you got Dak Prescott and you stacked him with Amari Cooper and happened to snag up CeeDee Lamb late in your draft, pat on the back for you because it is looking good, good this year. Yeah, they're doing their best Falcons impression, and uh, he's putting up his peak Matt Ryan garbage time numbers, if we're being honest. But, I mean, for fantasy, it's getting him I in guess a it's great. Yeah, if Zeke would hold on to the ball a little bit better. Um, there's, there's a lot of ifs there, brother. Yeah, there's a lot <laughs> it's of It's not issues. just that. But he's averaging 444 passing yards a game, on pace for 6,760. That would break the record by over 1,300 yards. That's going to slow down this week, hopefully. 
Um, I mean, you've got to think so playing the Giants. If you throw for more than 350 yards against the Giants and any of that comes in garbage time, you ought to be flogged in the town square. I mean, that would just be absolutely pathetic. Yes. Let's go ahead with the Hold My Beer Award for Week 4. Who you got? Ah, yes. Speaking of your Dallas Cowboys, Uh, Odell Beckham said, I've already got five for 81 and two TDs, but hold my beer. Let me break off this 70-plus yard end around and put my foot on your throat and end the game. Odell went absolutely nuts, and he showed, like I tried to tell people all year, he's the same player he was in New York. This man's going to be a top 10 fantasy wide receiver this year and have an insane amount of value for where he was drafted. Okay. Um, Great game from Odell Beckham. Uh, He's going to be the same player wherever he is. That doesn't mean he's going to be the same player in fantasy. But he did have a fantastic Uh, day. I don't speak too soon. He's looked pretty darn good the last three weeks. They are not going to be doing that reverse play all year long. There's going to be teams that actually know how to tackle and put forth effort to do so. Even no reverse play, still five for 80-plus yards and two TDs. I will take that any day of One the coming from Jarvis Landry, though. I mean, I don't care. I, I'll still take, you know what? I would take four catches for 60 yards or 50 yards in a TD. I'd I still take it. All right. Well, more on that game. Uh, more on the Browns <laughs> matchup against the Colts later. All right. My Hold My Beer Award goes to the rookie, Brandon Ayuk of the oh, San Francisco okay. 49ers, okay. flashing some incredible ability after the catch. More yeah. like Brandon Ayak. Am I right? Wow, that was pretty good there, bro. <laughs> no, that's not original. Mina Kimes tweeted that, but I did really, I did think that was pretty good. Um, yeah, the 38 yard rush, it was really, you know, a little backwards pass from Mullins. Hurdles, hurdle. Hur- yeah, hurdles <laughs> over Marcus Epps. I don't think anybody saw that coming. They showed the old Juco video of him doing the Oklahoma drill, jumping over the defender. I mean. That might have been the cleanest hurdle I've ever seen. Yeah. He didn't get touched, landed it just effortlessly, and trotted into the end zone. Incredible. Completely untouched. He led the NCAA in yards after catch last season. I actually snagged him in one of my fantasy leagues just to have him on the bench. And Garoppolo is about to be back, so you never know. Yeah, I got a little something on uh, that game later. All right. Good deal. All right. Well, let's move it along to our individual awards of the week. My award is the I Still Effin' Got It Award, and that goes to Tom Brady. They got down 24 to 7, ended up winning 38 31. No Godwin out there. Mike Evans got banged up mid game, missed quarter and a half or so a good chunk of the game and no problem for Brady still goes for 369 yards and five touchdowns the dude is he's timeless I mean what he's been doing the last few weeks as he's really started to click with the rest of this offense even if Evans or Godwin are out here or there he looks really good and I'm pretty confident even more confident than I was to start the year when I made this pick on the record They're going to win that division, and they're better than New Orleans. And Tom Brady has way more left in the tank than Drew Brees. Hmm. I mean, Brady's still got it. That was a very impressive comeback. Beautiful deep ball to Mike Evans. 
Uh, the connection's looking good so far. Mike Evans having a lot of value so far. I mean, Godwin's out, so yeah. it's hard to really take into account. Not a conversation yet, at least. Um, okay, okay. Scotty Miller, that connection's looking pretty good after a mm-hmm. strong week one. I know uh, week two was a letdown for a lot of fantasy owners. People jumped the gun a little bit, but yeah, starting to steady out. I think he'll have some value, especially with Godwin out this week. Um what do you think about their matchup against the Bears tomorrow night? Do you think he'll have another good game? Because that's a good defense. I have no idea what's going to happen in this one. And I'm staying away from it in just about every aspect. I don't think I've got any fantasy players that I'm starting in it. I am not going to be putting any money on it. But I'm really intrigued to see how Brady does hold up against probably his toughest defense he's going to have faced so far this season. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Uh, things are definitely starting to click after a terrible week one against the Saints. So I like yeah. that. All right. What have you got for your original award here? Okay. The most overblown story of the offseason award goes to the Patriots quarterback battle. Oh. That was just, I mean, what we saw Monday night against the Chiefs. Yeah. How did anyone think Jarrett Stidham was going to be the starter for the New England Patriots? Hey, now, I will say this. He looked four times better than Hoyer. And he had the one bad pick where he had a guy open and he kind of got hit as he threw it and ended up being picked off and the game was over. But I came away from that way more impressed with Stidham than I was Hoyer. I'm talking about the pick six through Edelman's hands. (laughs) No, okay. I guess there was two picks. Shit. I was thinking of the pick that was actually his fault. Um, Oh, no, no. Hoyer threw one. Yeah, no, that was Hoyer. Stidham. That was, that was, uh, was there three total picks in that game? It was really sloppy play regardless, but end of the day, Hoyer was pitiful. I mean, the sack he took and he tried to take a timeout when he had no timeouts left. I was amazed that they started the game and even came back going into the second half with Hoyer. It took them that long to go to Stidham, which has to say something. Mm-hmm. The game management at the end of the first half, like you pointed out, that never in a million years would have happened with Brady or Cam under center. How do or you any not competent it? quarterback? How do, How do you, you not know you're out of timeouts? Yeah. Oh, Chris, or do you think he just I, said, screw I, it. I I'll just call time out and see if they gave me a fourth. I think he knew that he didn't have any timeouts, but he was just so flustered and just out of it that he was doing whatever he could. I mean, yeah, you got you got to snap it and you got to make a quick read, one shot high, probably towards the sideline, give your guy and only your guy a chance to catch it. And he just dilly dallied around, tried to do too much. Frank Clark got the sack. Yeah, and he's then, lucky he's not playing basketball or he would have had a technical foul there for the uh, yeah. tried timeout. And the the fumble in the second half, too. I mean, that was just it, it was all pitiful. He looked like Mark Sanchez at the end of his Jets tenure doing butt fumble stuff out there. <laughs> exactly. So Cam Newton, I don't even think he's going to be back this week against the Broncos. I've not, not seen be. any report on that. So uh, they miss him. And we'll leave yeah. it at that. Yeah, they sure do. Uh, I might have a little something on that game later. So I'm sure we'll discuss it furthermore down the road here. But is it time for our questions for coaches here? Let's do it. The post-game pressers. So post-game pressers here. We have got four coaches 
I'm taking two. Peter's taking two. These are all guys on the hot seat, and we're going to act like we are in a post-game presser, and they're just getting grilled. Yeah, let's do it. The four coaches we have, Adam Gase, Matt Patricia, Dan Quinn, and Anthony Lynn, who I don't think he's losing his job anytime. I wouldn't be so sure on that. We'll see. All right, so do we start it off with Adam Gase here? I mean, who else? Let's do it. All right, I'm Adam Gase, uh, post-game presser, walking out of the locker room, taking a seat at the podium. Here we go. Yeah, um, Adam Hingle McCringleberry from the New York Observer. You think Joe Flacco gives you a better shot to win this week than Sammy D? Uh, well, if I'm being honest, I forgot he was on the roster. Um, we don't have Peyton Manning. I don't have Peyton Manning anymore, so that's tough. Um, football, you know, you play, you snap it, you try to win. Um, my eyes are going everywhere right now. Um, yeah, I think we're in good shape. 0-4, finish 12-4, and get a bye possibly. We're in good shape. Don't count us out. Dan Smith from The Post. Adam, uh, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals started 2-0, and who had two bad weeks back-to-back. Is this a chance or is this a game where you guys finally get your first win? Um, well, if I'm being honest, I'm really not worried about winning at this point. I know I just said we'll win out and go 12 and four, but wins and losses, they're all numbers at this point. I'm looking to see our team's spiritual growth beneath themselves. I want to see what these guys are really made of out here. We are going through the ringer with the injuries right now and, uh, Le'Veon Bell's back. So I'm going to feed my bell cow and, uh, yeah, I think this is the week that Le'Veon goes for 220 and four TDs and, Gets Jackson a dub in some fantasy league. So, think so. This is going to be the week we get it done. Adam, this is Kalika T. for Uniqua from the Arizona Gazette. Who on your roster is going to be the next player to leave your coaching umbrella and ball out in another situation? Like Robbie Anderson in Carolina or Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee? Uh, well, if I'm being honest, those guys really just didn't fit our schemes and what we were trying to do. And at the end of the day, if you don't want to buy in, don't buy in. Not my problem. So if I'm being honest, I really don't care. Thanks, coach. Yeah, you got it. All right, I'm done. See you next week. All right, that was Adam Gase with the New York Jets. It is clear he does not care to keep his job very much longer. Peter, who we got up first for you? Are we going Anthony Lynn here or Matt Patricia? We're going Matt Patricia. All right. Matt Patricia takes the stand here. All right, Matt. It is uh, Tommy Jones with the uh, Detroit Chronicles here. So, Matt, you're 1-3 and three on the year and now 10-24-1 as the head coach of the Lions. What's keeping you and this team from actually winning some games here? You know, we've been re- working really hard uh, to get everybody on the same page and to build the level of accountability like we used to have in New England whenever I was the defensive coordinator th- there and we won a few Super Bowls. So, you know, I just think it takes time. And you know, Bill Belichick didn't win overnight, so, you know, why should I have to win overnight? We've been battling a lot of injuries. Um 
you know, the best running back we've got right now is this Adrian Peterson cat. You guys have probably heard of him. Um, you know, one of these days we'll figure it out and we won't blow a lead. So uh, we're, we're excited to have the bye week, watch a little more Patriots film, and then we'll get back out there and get it done. Okay, thanks, Matt. Next question here from Johnny Smith with the uh, Detroit Daily. So, Matt, you guys had seemed like on Johnson was going to be sort of your bell cow going forward. You take DeAndre Swift early in the draft. And then you had mentioned Adrian Peterson being in the equation, but you bring him in last minute and he's getting the bulk of the carries. What What's going on with these running backs here? What's your plan if you have one? Sorry, sir, that was a little rude, but if you have one. Well, you know, like I said, we'll spend our bye week watching a little bit more New England Patriots film. And, you know, back when I was a coach there, we really... Uh, tried to make an effort to get all our guys mixed in to play, you know, mixed in to battle. And my kids are really into fantasy football and I like to kind of keep them on their toes, not really let them know who we're going to play each week in and out. So, you know, one of these days we'll play DeAndre Swift. One of these days, carry on Johnson. We'll get some wildcat carries and then uh, Adrian Peterson, I mean, what can you say? Hall of Famer, we're going to keep feeding him more than any of those other guys. All right, thanks, Matt. Uh, Stephanie Bethany here with uh, the Detroit Times. I think I already said that. But, um, Matt, some people have gone as far as to say that you're wasting Matt Stafford's prime years. How would you respond to that? Well, Stephanie... I think that's a pretty unprofessional question. You know, I I don't waste anybody's time here. Time is of the essence. What do you think I'm doing with that pencil behind my ear? I'm keeping track of time on a notepad, keeping track of every Matt Stafford snap. And what he does for us is really great things. You know, Kenny Galladay was banged up a little bit. He's finally back. We're moving the football well on early downs, taking deep shots. But, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll take the blame on this one. We need to, you know, play better in the second halves. Quit blowing leads. Uh, I'm I'm trying not to be like some other coaches around the league who you know have been having issues in that category. But uh, what was your question? Uh, I think you'd answered it. Uh, thanks. All right. Can I get out of here? I got to go watch some film. Yeah, and uh, that's Matt Patricia. Uh, no more questions, everyone. Let's move it along to our next coach here. So let's see, Dan Quinn. Is it time for Dan Quinn here, Peter? Let's do it. All right. I am Dan Quinn taking the podium, begging for my life as a coach. Uh, What do we got for questions here? Yes, um, this is Ann Arbor of the Atlanta Gazette. So you haven't really shown a good defense since the first half of the 28-3 Super Bowl. Um, Is that going to change anytime soon? Because your defense is getting shredded, and I think the fans would want to see better results. All right, uh, Ann Arbor, what the hell kind of name is that? Where are you from, Michigan? Um, First of all, ever heard of the Legion of Boom? Uh, you might not be old enough, but uh, yeah, Legion of Boom, that was me. So to be honest, I really don't need to answer your question because if you've seen that defense, that was obviously the greatest defense to ever play football, and I was the mastermind behind it, not Pete Carroll. So 
I'm building the second Legion of Boom. You know, the Egyptians didn't build the pyramids overnight. It uh, It's going to take some time, but we're making the steps in the right direction. And once we get healthy, believe me, we're going to be a feared defense in this league. Next question, back left. Yeah, yeah, what do we got? Hey, uh, this is Hugh Jass from the Stone Mountain uh, Post. Uh, is Julio Jones going to play this week? I know he left the game early with a hamstring issue. Uh, he's been battling this injury all year. I know you guys usually have him listed as questionable week in and week out. Uh, he's a tough guy, though. What do you think? Uh, is Julio going to be out there? Yeah, unfortunately, we're not going to risk it with Julio this week. We pushed it a little bit too much and tried to have him give it a go last week, and we saw what happened. So we're probably not going to see Julio for another couple weeks and just play it really safe with him because I'm sure you can read, and our record's dog shit. We're not going to be making the playoffs or anything. So at this point, I'm just trying to win a game or two and save my job and not get my best player even more hurt. So no Julio this week. Uh, Any more questions? No, thanks. Uh, back right. Yeah, back right. What do we got? Uh, this is Robin Steele of the Atlanta Times. Uh, you guys play the Carolina Panthers this week, and they're only two games ahead. The Saints are only two games ahead. You guys, the guys really rallied around you last year, and you guys made a nice late push in your division. With seven teams in the playoffs, is that what you tell your guys to keep them going after an 0-4 start? How are you keeping them motivated going into Carolina this week? Playoffs? Well, I just hope we can win a game, damn it. Uh, no, I, I obviously I keep my guys as focused and can be. I mean, we get to practice every day, and I have mirrors for every player. And so I bring the mirrors out. You know, we have the trainers get them ready. And we have all of the guys, they, they strip down to their jock straps, and they stretch in the mirrors, and they look at themselves. And we do this thing called looking yourself in the eye. And so we sit there for 10 minutes. I start the timer, and you just look yourself in the eye, and you tell yourself, all of your goals and wishes and desires. And uh, I'd hope for most guys that, you know, that would come down to winning games and making the playoffs. So at the end of the day, it's their decision if they want to win. And uh, I've done everything I can to put them in the position and they don't take advantage of the exercises that we have in place. That's on them. Thank you. All right. No more questions. I'm out of here. All right. That was Dan Quinn with the 0-4 Atlanta Falcons. So, I believe next we have Anthony Lynn coming to the podium as our one final uh, post-game presser here. All right. How's everybody doing? Uh, yeah, Anthony, it is uh, Tom Laughlin with the uh, San Diego Times here. So, Anthony, you seemingly always come out on the wrong end of close games, and most people, including myself, chalked it up to a Phil Rivers thing, but with how this season's gone so far, two blown leads probably could have, should have been three if you count week one where the Bengals choked. What's keeping you from finishing these games here? You know, we got a, we got a really talented squad, but with the rookie quarterback, it's hard to put all the blame on anybody you know we got a lot of work to do and I think with a real vet in there like Tyrod Taylor we probably wouldn't have turned the ball over in the second half so what you know we're watching his status 
hoping he gets back pretty soon here. I know Herbert made some nice plays, nice throw over the top to uh, an Oklahoma State Cowboy, Tyron Johnson, but... You know, we'll see what happens. We got we got a big game this week against the New Orleans Saints. And Herbert looks a lot better than that Drew Brees guy, so we're excited. Yeah, uh, Danny Savage here from the LA Daily. So, will Tyrod be your starter whenever he comes back this year? You mentioned Herbert being a rookie and, you know, tough to win with a rookie. Do you want your veteran guy out there when he comes back if he's able to go? Yeah, we want Tyrod out there. He was our starter coming into the year. He's still our guy right now. We we really like him, but we're not going to put him out there unless he's 100% fully ready to go. Whenever someone stabs you in the chest, you really got to ease back into things. And, you know, Justin's been playing all right, like I said. Uh, so we're excited to have Tyrod back. Maybe things will change if Justin gets a win this week. All right, thanks, Anthony. You know what they say, better to be stabbed in the chest than the back. At least you see it coming. Um, All right, next question here. Front row on the left side. All right, gotcha there. Uh, Yeah, uh, it's Danny Dilfer with uh, the New Orleans paper here. So you mentioned to Rod Taylor, what can this Herbert guy do to secure the job for you? I mean, the guy looks awesome, averaging over 300 yards a game. How is this not your starter? Uh, you know, Justin's a really good guy, soft-spoken, really smart, good grades at Oregon. But Are you he calling him a pussy? He just doesn't have uh he's just not ready yet, you know. We're, we're taking it week by week. We want to try to close out a game here, and we just think Tarod gives us a better chance. All right, thanks, Anthony. Thank you, guys. All right, that was our post-game presser segment. Let us know what you thought. I enjoyed it. We might have to bring it back, or maybe you hated it and we never bring it back again. But in the spirit of Bill O'Brien being fired... Better than our GM show. Yeah, I agree. I think it was better than (laughs) the questions for the GM as well. So we might bring it back. We might not, but it was fun. And now, is it time for that one segment where we make some money? Let's do it, man. Profitable week. All right. Bankroll builders, we are back. Last week, I won a measly $8, but it's better than losing. Both of my teases hit, and unfortunately, the money line parlay did not. So we're back in the lab this week. We got to get the formula right for the money line parlay. It's two and two on the year, but I am guaranteeing a win this week. Let's get it then. I won $15, also measly, but we are up six and a half units on the year. Proud to say that. And my Bengals pick, minus three, baby. I told you they'd win by a touchdown. You didn't believe me. It was a good pick. It was a good pick. Hasn't lost against the spread yet so far. Interesting. Okay. Well, you mentioned your bankroll total. I am up 10 and a half units. So between us, we're we're doing pretty good here. Uh, Let's keep it moving this week. What's your first bet you got? Okay. Um, First bet this week. I'm going ATS. All right. All right. All right. Colts minus two and a half over the Browns. 
Hey, it's down to one and a half. I just saw on the Action Network. So this line has already moved out of my favor, but that's okay. Oh, you got in earlier. Okay, I got okay. in earlier. I'm not worried at all, though. I think the Colts are actually one of the best teams in the AFC. They have the best defense in the NFL right now in terms of yards given up. Yeah, we saw it last week. They hurt me. 28 rushing yards allowed to the Bears. We've seen Dalvin Cook go off for 150 and 183 these last two weeks. Only got 63 against the Colts. This defensive front is ferocious. DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard, you got two all-pro guys at the first and second level of the defense. That is the exact opposite of what the Dallas Cowboys defense has. And I do think, you know, Kareem Hunt is supremely talented. But whenever you have a a stout defense like that and you can get them into third and long situations where they never got into those against Dallas, this is going to be a completely different game. I think a lot of the public's going to be on the Browns because, you know, they were hyped up last year. Yeah. Well, they looked really good against Dallas, but man, Dallas is about as porous as it can get. Two t- terrible turnovers just got them completely out of that game last week. And I think the Colts, man, this is where everybody goes, wow, they are legit. I'm going to start paying attention. Yeah, I kind of thought that after watching them last week and how they just had the Bears stifled. Three points until the very game. last drive of the game for the Bears. Yeah, the Colts defense looked really good. So I am not taking the Colts, but if I were to make a pick, that is probably where I would lean. So I like it, and uh, I'm starting simple too. And before I give my picks out here, just going to note, there's a lot of games that are kind of up in the air. The lines are on and off boards right now. COVID's kind of got some stuff messed up. So a lot of these numbers are likely to change. So be looking at the lines, be staying up to date because – they're going to bounce around a lot over the next few days, I imagine. Yeah. Um, one thing to add on that, I got two units on it. I'm up okay. 6.5. That's a total of 11.5 in the bankroll right now. So I'm looking to win some money to really feel something this week instead of, you know, just 15 to the bankroll. So yeah, two units on the Colts. I think I'm going to kick it up a notch a little bit this week, too. Um, I'm starting small though. I'm starting with just a one unit money line bet here and it's 10 to win $11. I'm taking the Panthers money line over the Falcons. The Panthers have looked damn good the last two weeks. Matt rules, figuring it out. Joe Brady and that offense are getting it going and no McCaffrey, no problem. Bridgewater looks really good. The Robbie Anderson pickup looks huge. And the Falcons secondary is just absolutely decimated. I mean, we got to a point against Green Bay Monday night where I could not name one single player in the secondary. And I would like to take pride in like knowing NFL rosters relatively well. Like, I don't think there's any team where I could be like, oh yeah, can't name a player in that secondary. And Atlanta was putting in seemed like undrafted rookies they were so thin in the secondary so i'm expecting teddy bridgewater to throw for a good 350 yards and i think robbie anderson's gonna have at least 120 yards in a tutty so this game panthers should just pound them yeah um i believe the the panthers are dogs right they are dogs yeah which is crazy to me that doesn't make too much sense 
I think the Falcons are they're due for a win one of these. They are days. due. They definitely are due. But also no Julio this week. You know, I get right. you got Calvin Ridley and Gage there. Or is it a hundred percent no Julio? I saw no Julio. Okay. I saw hundred percent he's out. I would assume so since he left the game and Yeah, the it would make thing. no sense. Right. Plus it's a short week. It's not like, you know, you played Thursday, you got nine, ten days to rest up. You got a short week, so I don't see Julio playing. And what I had read made it sound like there was a .000001% chance he's out there. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, I like this. I like this Panthers team so far. I didn't want to come out with any like super strong expectations on them on the year. I did, which they're coming around, though. I mean, they are, and Matt Rule is looking like a good coach. I think he's a, a legit culture builder there. And, you know, Robbie Anderson was playing for him at Temple. He brings him over to Carolina now. He's running the route tree that DJ Moore was running last season, so that's why you fantasy owners of DJ Moore are a little bit frustrated right now. He's doing the whole Michael Gallup thing, you know, running the toughest routes. Uh, but you know they're they're moving the ball well. Mike Davis is 80 90% of Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, proven that oh, oh Ewing theory on the Panthers here. I mean, these huge running back contracts are do they really matter at this oh, point? Oh, they're they're idiotic to give out, I think is where we're at. Until I see a team that's paying a running back 14, 15, 16 mil a year actually win something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's very stupid to do. But I'm going to go ahead and put this on the record right now. Yeah. The Carolina Panthers are going to finish Wild with an card. equal or better record than the New Orleans Saints. Oh, I thought you were going to say Dallas. <laughs> oh, that's a given. I would say that. Oh, my. They're literally one game up and. Dallas has six games against the NFC East the rest of the year. Actually, let's rephrase that. They'll probably tie two of them, half, lose two, and win the other two. Half of Dallas's games are against the NFC East, so it can only go up playing the Giants this week. Uh, I think they might be damn near just as bad as the Giants, but we'll see. Um, but no, <laughs> All yeah. right, next pick you got here. Decimated Falcons. I like yeah, that yeah. Panthers money line. Um, Thank you. My second pick... Going back to the two-team tees well, because haven't missed one yet this year. Okay. I locked this one in early as well. That's Arizona minus one at the New York Jets. I like that. The next is Seattle minus one at home against Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins in primetime. I like that as well. I may or may not have both of those games mixed in with some of my bets in a second. Okay, well, here's my logic on the Cardinals. The Jets are the worst team in football. It's the Jets. It's Joe Flacco out there. They're banged up. Yeah, yeah. no brainer. Brett Rippon literally tried to give them the game last week on Thursday Night Football. And it, they wouldn't take it. They wouldn't take it. So Joe Flacco coming in for Darnold, I don't think that makes any difference when the guys he's throwing to are still Barrios, Hogan, Crowder, and Chris Herndon, who they don't actually throw the ball to. Well, he drops it whenever they do. They don't. He actually prefers not to catch the ball. He doesn't like, want to like be thrown to uh, Adam Gase does not know how to utilize his personnel, and we'll see what happens with Le'Veon Bell this week. I'm not even convinced he's going to play, let alone play in a meaningful way. 
Um, I'm taking Kyler over Flacco. It's really that simple. Um, and all I got to do is win the game by one. So, yeah, I agree on that. And that just is a perfect segue into my next bet, which is just keeping it small here. We open it up in a second, but a one unit bet Cardinals minus seven versus the Jets. They're going to win it by at least a touchdown. I mean, the Cardinals are due for a bounce back week. This is going to be the weakest opponent they've played all season. And if we're being honest, neither the defense as Cardinals or Jets are very good as we saw what Rhett Ripian did against the Jets. Uh So at the end of the day, kind of like you were saying, Kyler or Joe Flacco, who are you going to take? And I'm going to rock with that Cardinals offense and Kyler any day of the week. So that's where I'm going on that one. Don't really need to expand too much more. I think it's pretty obvious there. So third bet, what have you got for us? Um, Yeah, I'll touch on the, the Seahawks later if you're going to bring okay. them in because we, yes. we didn't really talk about that game. Yes, I do have three units on that teaser. Ooh, uh, let's, okay. Uh, let's win some money. I haven't lost one yet, so, you know. I like it. Let's wager a little heavier. Okay. My final pick is a six-leg money line parlay. Stealing my thunder here, brother. I think we're going to have uh, a lot of the same on this one. Well, you know, like you said, the bet slip is looking a little slim this week, but we're doing it. Just send it. All right, what do we got? One unit on here. Because I got three on the T's and so what's the payout? Um, it's plus eight eight fifty three. Oh shit! All right, so ten to win eighty five. All right, all right. What we, do we got? We got some good odds here. Just rattle them off pretty quick. For Panthers me. at the Falcons Lock. plus one hundred five. Browns at the Colts. That's a hedge bet there. What? You like that? No. I'm I'm hedging, okay? It's a parlay. I'm trying to get good odds here. I think the Browns can win. We will see. And All plus right. if the if the Colts get it done, then I already am up on the week. That's my that's my logic here. So okay. threw those two in to boost up my odds. I didn't like any other dogs. And then I got Rams at the football team. Lock Texans getting their first win against the Jags. Cards iffy on that one. Cards in the Jets. Cards, lock. Steelers over the Eagles. Not a lock, but I'm iffy on that one as well. Yeah. I really don't know what to expect on that. With it's a Pittsburgh's long shot, weird week off. Okay, I like it. I, I love the parlays. Uh, I was actually going to give my money line parlay last year, but I'm just going to go ahead and give it now since it's very similar. So. Mine is a four-teamer, a unit and a half on it to win 27. And I've just got four heavy favorites here. I've got Cardinals money line against the Jets, Seahawks money line against the Vikings, Rams money line against the football team, and then New England money line against the Broncos. And that one I'm a little skeptical on, but if we're being honest, it's not like the Broncos are going to be starting a real quarterback. They're going to have Brett Ripien out there. And at the end of the day, I trust Bill Belichick, regardless of what personnel he's got out there, to stop Brett Ripien. So that is that. Trust? Um, oh, no Gilmore, though. Rip, no Gilmore, Rippin no problem. down the field. Well, he's got Jerry Judy to throw it to, and that's it. Noah fans out this week, too. So uh, Tim Patrick, baby. Yeah, he had a good week last week, but... To be honest, I don't know hardly anything about him. Let's go ahead and touch on that Seahawks-Vikings game because I know you've got a little bit on it there. So give me your kind of thought process on why you feel good about Seattle. 
Yeah, so I really like them in a teaser here. There, there are seven straight up, minus one in my tease. But man, first off, betting against Kirk Cousins is always the right move, especially <laughs> in prime It's like betting against games. the Cowboys. Right. Um, I think it could get a little squirrely. I don't think the Vikings are as bad as their start was, but let's look at yeah. their secondary. Three rookies, Cameron Dantzler, Jeff Gladney, Holton Hill have combined for 10 starts, actually 10 games in the NFL. I think they've started all of them. But the point is they stand absolutely no chance against Metcalf and Lockett in Seattle on a Sunday night. So this is really an easy pick in my eyes. I think Russ continues to play at a very high level, better than he did down in Miami, who we pointed out last week, that's kind of a tough place to play for whatever reason. Yeah, and you hit that on the head. I mean, they really do play to the level of their opponents a lot. So this is one that I don't think I would take the full spread on Seattle just because a touchdown, you never know. Kirk Cousins could be down 10 points and get a garbage time TD with 30 Dalvin's seconds left or something. Well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And they can only get better from how they started, but they have no chance to win this game if we're being completely honest. They're just not going to be able to make the stops when they need to. The, their Straight defense up. is not the Vikings defense that it's been the last two, three, four, five years. I mean, they're a shadow of that defense. Yeah, I, I legit think it's probably a one-score game early into the fourth. Russ does his thing, takes care of business. They win by more than one point. Yep, I'm with you on that. Okay, do you have any other bets this week? I do not. All right, my final bet here. I knocked it down to a four-team teaser. It was at five, and (laughs) I had the the over. So the odds are, uh, I believe it is plus 235. It is $25 to win 59, and... Like I was saying, Raiders and Chiefs over, I had it in there because Oakland Mm. scores at least 54 combined points in every single game they play in, it seems like. But I decided to go ahead, play it a little bit safer. Don't know what's going on with the COVID stuff. That line's been pulled most places anyway. So we're going with the Panthers plus seven and a half against the Falcons. We're going with the Dolphins plus 14 and a half against the 49ers. Mm. Then we're going with the Chargers plus 14 against the Saints. And then we're going Bengals and Ravens over 45. Bengals and Ravens. Oh, I like that. I think Lamar scores at least, at least 28. Yeah. Okay. And I trust Joe Burrow to at least go put up 14, 17 points. So we're we're big on the Panthers this week. Um, we're all in on the freaking Panthers. Yeah. Okay. Run run that back for me one more time. So Panthers plus seven and a half. Dolphins plus fourteen and a half against the 49ers. Chargers plus fourteen against the Saints Monday night. And then Bengals Ravens over forty five. Okay. I do think the Saints will take care of business. Again, but it's going to be close. The There's just no way the Saints blow them out. Yeah, and they're pretty banged up on defense. Uh, Janoris Jenkins, Davenport were all injured last week. We've seen what that defense has Lattimore, looked like, too. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason that with what Herbert has seen so far against opposing defenses, like with Tampa Bay and Kansas City, I mean, if he can go put up some points on them, there's no reason he can't go score at least 17 to 21 on the Saints. And I think 
the Saints aren't going to go score 42 on the Chargers. That's not going to happen. And it it might take a garbage time score, but two TD margin here, I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, no Eckler. That might hurt a little, but Kelly has looked like a solid rookie. Justin Jackson, we've seen it from him before. And they Jackson's going to get more carries this week. They do get Mike Williams. last week. They do get Mike Williams back this week. So that's another that is true. nice target 50 50 guy for Herbert. Keenan Allen Herbert connections look pretty Ooh, solid so it's far. It looked outstanding. Mm-hmm. And Hunter Henry's look pretty good too. I mean, yeah. that Chargers offense, that pass game's no joke. I mean, there's a reason why Herbert's throwing for over 300 yards a game. And he came up short at 290 this last week, or he'd have been over 300 every single game so far. I mean, you, you don't do that as a fluke in three straight weeks. He's the real deal, I think. I was wrong about him out of Oregon. Oh, I was too. We got to admit it right now. Um, yeah. I think they're going to be really good next year. Like, like really good. Derwin James, hopefully... If yeah, we'll man, if he can finally get healthy. That's huge yeah. for them. I mean, still got the edge guys. They're gonna be legit. Kenneth Murray in his second year, and mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll go defense again in the first round. Or I mean, or you could you could beef up the line, receiver. maybe. I mean, yeah. you could you could do a lot the of line. things. They're in they're in a good position. I think they do need to get a uh, new head coach. Yeah, though. I do think so too. Anthony Lynn. We talked about it. Yeah, he's not the guy, not the guy, but all right. So run us through all of your bets real quick, Peter, and then I will run back through all of mine before we bring bankroll builders to a close here. All right. So we got two units on Colts minus two and a half. I think this could be a little bit of an ugly game, to be honest, but I think the Colts are the better team. This is a week people start paying attention to them in the AFC. Second pick. Three, or it's a two-team six-point teaser, three units to win two and a half. Arizona minus one against the New York Jets, 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 and Seattle minus one against Kirk Cousins. Come on, baby, let's win some money. And then Easy money. I got my six-leg money line parlay plus eight fifty-three, one unit. Panthers, Browns, Rams, Texans, Cardinals, Steelers. All right. Well, hey, we've just about touched them all this week. We're putting it out there. Um, I have got one unit Panthers money line over the Falcons, one unit on Cardinals covering the spread minus seven against the Jets, 25. That is two and a half units on a four team six point teaser to win 59. We got the Panthers plus seven and a half. Dolphins plus 14 and a half chargers plus 14 and Bengals Ravens over 45. And then to bring it to a close, we have got the money line parlay. Go figure uh, 15 on it to win 27, a unit and a half and Cardinals money line, Seahawks money line, Rams money line, new England money line. There you go. I mean, these are some winners this week. The board, I feel a lot better about it this week compared yeah, to last week. I'll tell you that I was texting you like, man, I don't like any of these lines. I don't really know what to do. And, one eight dollars that's a great bad week so yeah it is i feel way better this week i mean that means surely we win at least 16 right you know yeah and i think this week if you take my picks you'll break even at the worst that teaser's gonna hit and then teaser will hit can confirm yeah if the colts don't get it done over the browns which you know i feel pretty good about the colts you know we'll see what happens but let's let's go 
Let's go. Let's ride, baby. All right. That is Bankroll Builders. And, oh, hang on. Honorable mention tease here that I've got. Oh. A little college football sprinkle. This nice. is the lock of a lifetime. I mean, this is like put off your mortgage payment, bet Don't on this teaser. Miami against Clemson. Yes, that is exactly where we're going. So Florida minus 0.5, six point tees. Florida minus 0.5 against AM. They have looked leaps and bounds Ooh. better than AM. AM let Vandy hang with them. They're not legit. Florida's got, the real freaking deal. And you got smoked by Bama. Yeah. Florida's a real deal. And yeah, then Miami plus 20 against Clemson. De'Eric King and this Miami offense is the real freaking deal. And the defense has looked really good too. Manny Diaz is a good coach. They are going to come ready to play. And I'm not saying they're going to win this game. I actually think there's a chance they do. This is, sounds crazy, but I think there's a legitimate shot that Miami wins the Natty this year in a weird COVID year. But You've been watching them. Don't I have been watching them. Peter knows. Uh, don't count them out against Clemson. I think Clemson is really going to struggle with this being their first real opponent in a very long time. So I could see this game being a one-score game right up until the fourth quarter. Yeah, interesting. Plus 20 is a lot, too. I mean, that's yeah. a big margin. So what's your teaser? Plus 20 so the, and what? And then Florida minus 0.5. Oh, that's right. Okay. That's, yeah, those two. That's fun. Bet that. as much as you want on that. I mean, I would almost personally refund you if that misses. That's how good I feel about it. I'm not going to do that. Let's not get sued here bet for anything. But yeah, bet responsibly. Um, insert gambling hotline number if you have a problem, like all the cool cats do nowadays. But um, yeah, uh, that's our teaser. That's a little honorable mention. It's a lock. I guarantee it. And uh, yeah, there's bankroll builders. That's true. And yeah, yeah. That should make your Saturday a little bit more fun if you hop on that. Um, Absolutely. Before we touch on the NBA real quick, I do yeah. want to talk about the Houston Texans situation and throw a couple names at you. All right. So J.J. Watt, we got to throw him out there with what no. he did, right? Are you thinking like coaches? I'm talking about the future, what they do moving forward. Yeah, J.J. Oh, okay. Watt got mad, but like, who cares? too. Bill O'Brien <laughs> got fired. Next question. Yeah. So Orlovsky posted that video on Twitter, and I did think some of the names he threw out were interesting. Eric Bieniemy is the one everyone's that's all over. Gotta be. Yeah, that's gotta be the front runner. Chiefs Twitter is like assuming that's an like a done deal automatic. I don't totally think so. Um we'll see. We'll see. Um I, I, I would like him to go somewhere with like some more infrastructure in place because I'm just, I don't know. We'll see on that one. Yeah. That place is a dumpster fire. Right. But, all right. Next. Maybe his first coaching gig. Like, I don't, I don't know if that's an organization I want to coach for also for my first with, job. Yeah. Yeah. Just with how big of a mess the Texans are. Right. And I think, you know, sticking around with Andy wouldn't be too bad. I mean, how long is he going to coach? How about you just take over after him? Not, uh, you might be there a decade. Not a bad idea. But um, Lincoln Riley. I've seen that. I just wanted to say, you know, after the 0-2 start in Norman this year, hey. Yeah, it might look a whole lot better. The The odds went from like 0-0-1 to like 3% that. And also, they're 1-2. They're Don't forget, they're 1-1 one one over two. Northeastern, Western, Missouri, Southern State, Pine. Arkansas, Pine Bluff University. So. 
Right, yeah. You you make the call though. Um Brian Dable, the Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator, hundred percent calling him up after seeing what he's done with Josh Allen, just unlocked yeah. him. And it's crazy what happens when you go get a good number one receiver for a young quarterback. Could you imagine? Uh you know, Stefan Diggs is really helping out there. So Yeah, it's crazy how that works. Same crazy. with Hopkins in Arizona. <laughs> crazy how that works um one more name who i think would be awesome joe brady already already he he learned from sean payton before going to lsu now we see him in carolina granted it's only been four games it's too uh, soon it's too only soon. been right it's only been four games and you know, I think there's a ceiling on what Carolina can do offensively right now, but I think he knows how to move the rock, and I think he could be the next Shanahan McVay guy. You know, I wouldn't be that bad. I could get behind yeah. that. I just don't see him making another move and leaving Matt Rule out to dry. I mean, I know Matt Rule would probably be like, hey, a head coaching gig is a pretty good deal. I'm not going to blame you if you go take that, but... I, I don't know. I, I think obviously it's going to be after the season's over, right? I mean, they're going to oh, rock yeah. with Romeo Cornell as the interim coach for the rest of the year. I mean, not the first time he's been an interim coach, but he's also it's not like the Texans have much to play for. I believe he's the oldest coach in NFL history now, 73 years old. He's 73 now, man? Jeez, that makes me kind of <laughs> He's been old. around for a while, man. I guess he's I've been watching him pretty much my whole life. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right, well... It's going to be interesting regardless to see what the Texans do, but I think we're going to yeah. have to wait a while to find they're, out. So They're kind of screwed with both of their top two picks or their first and second round picks going to the Miami Dolphins this year. We were texting about Dolphins, this. baby. Dolphins are in good shape. Jamar Chase going That's to help out Tua. Come on. Yep. That's a lot. Yep. And then absolutely, you got to go defense in round two, I think. Yeah, uh, I'd probably work on the defensive line or maybe grab you another offensive lineman to protect Tua. But that's a ways away, and regardless, you're in great shape. So let's touch on the NBA Finals for just a brief moment before we bring it to a close. I really don't have a ton. I'm proud of Miami and the way they battled back. Bam looked pretty good last night. I was disappointed in Spolstra. I thought him leaving Kendrick Nunn and Kelly Olenek out there in the fourth quarter as long as he did really kind of dug him a hole they just couldn't get out of. But regardless, I mean, they were right there. AD hit that big three to clutch up and end the game. And I mean, it's like the classic LeBron story. He's got AD there to hit his big shots, you know. <laughs> He's got to have his Kyrie or his Ray Allen. Well, he's got AD to do it now. He's so. got to have his KCP and his Rondo. Yeah, KCP's balling. So is Rondo, man. That The Lakers team looks pretty good. I mean, I think it's safe to say they're peaking at the right time, but don't count Miami out. I stand by that. I know 3-1's 3-1, but Jimmy Butler and this Miami team, I mean, they're not going to fold. Yeah, I was disappointed in how... Um, what's the right word? Def deferent is not a word, I don't think. But Jimmy was deferring offensively. He yes. was not aggressive like he was in the, the game three. 
He was not ever looking to shoot threes. They were sagging off him so far. Van Gundy was Yeah, they were out. going under on all the screens. Yeah, but I mean, he's hit a few in these playoffs. I, I just I'm, I just I wonder understand. if the ankle is bothering him at all from when he sprained it a few games ago. Maybe. And another thing that I kind of saw after uh, their game three win, Jimmy had come out and said, yeah, I don't like the offense to run through me. That's just not how I play. That's not who I am. I am it's not going to be. say that. I agree. And Spolster pretty much said back to that, I don't give a shit. We got to win and you got to go do it. And yeah. I expected to see more Jimmy. And like you were saying, yeah, he deferred a lot. And in that fourth quarter, the whole Heat team, I mean, I don't exactly remember what their five was but i know jimmy was out there and i know hero robinson and kendrick nunn oh you're talking about earlier yeah earlier because every single shot at the start of that fourth quarter olenic or nunn were taking and they were all bad shots and i was getting very frustrated no i mean you could see how much they were missing Dragic. they just needed one more score that's all it was and not even a score just someone to control the tempo and prevent bad shots yeah, because I'm telling you, Jimmy, just looking at him, you could tell he was in his own head a little bit. You thought so? I really thought so, because he was not even looking at the goal. Like, not at all. He did have AD on him, which is a tough task. But, I mean, he, he played decent. He almost had a triple-double over 20 points. I believe he was 7 for 15 from the field. So it, it's not like he just went out there and shit the bed. I know, but... Whenever you do what you do in game three and then come out and you're just half as aggressive as you were, yeah. it's not going to work, man. Not against LeBron and Anthony Davis. Yeah. And maybe the fact that Bam was back, maybe kind of thought he could play more like he had all season and play more of his natural game and not have to force things as much. But at the end of the day, you're the best player on that team and you got to go win. I mean, it's the freaking finals. Yeah, as good as Hero has been in moments, there was a little too much last night. Yes. A little too much. Good fourth of, quarter, but yeah, forcing it. Yeah, I mean, some of those shots he was trying to make over AD, he, he had one sick floater, but <laughs> yeah, he, he did make some, but there were four or five shots where I just kind of rolled my eyes and thought like, Ah, like the transition contested three is really not the move right now when you're at a pivotal point in the yeah. game and could build up a seven or eight point lead at the end of the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And uh, Duncan was getting switched on and picked apart a little bit. KCP was blown by him. And I, I did not really think KCP was a straight line driver. You know, I didn't think he had that in his game and seeing it last night, they were just exposing him. It hurts. I was hoping they'd win game four, make it a best of three. Not the case. But, hey, execs around the league are saying that Miami is the next destination for a star. So we'll see what happens in the future. For sure. And if it does end in five, I'm excited to see all the fireworks that are about to happen once teams can start making trades. Because you know all of these bad teams, or even teams that are close to being in contention, had this extra long layoff of four or five months to be talking with management, talking with their coaches, figuring out what's the plan, who do we want going forward, who do we not, who are we going to target in free agency, who are we going to try and trade or try and make a trade for? You know, I'm sure there's already offers lined up for Chris Paul that have been informally made, and as soon as they can be officially made, we're going to start just seeing 
nonsense left and right. Yeah, and um, the the non-bubble teams who have had all this time to evaluate these players coming right. into this next draft, which I believe it's November 18th or something. Yes, sir. November 18th. Yeah. So I, I listened in interviews with Steve Kerr, and he's like, I've never even been like – I've never been in this process at all. I'm usually coaching in the finals. I don't know who yeah. Bob and the scouts are looking at. So it'll be really interesting to see if he has any kind of say in this. I don't think he's going to coach for a super long time, but you know, they're going to have another run in them next season. And then, Oh, for sure. Yeah. You look at the bulls who I think are going to make the playoffs next year, the Hawks, some of these teams with bright futures, it's going to be a very interesting off season. Yeah. And I'm interested to see what the nets do because they're building yeah. their championship roster and have had a lot of time to think about it. They weren't in the bubble long. Are they going to keep Dinwiddie and Lavert? Are they going to re-sign Joe Harris? What all is going to happen here? So a whole lot of fun stuff is about to pop off if the finals do end briefly. So at the end of the day, I'm excited regardless. I mean, I can stomach it if the Lakers win in five and just, Look forward to the good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I didn't even been thinking about that, so thank you. You are welcome. <laughs> All right, well, any final thoughts here before we bring episode 81 to a close? No, let's get it, man. Rough start to the fantasy season with injuries and COVID and everything. I want to get some dubs this weekend. I want to win some money. Let's go. Football, full swing, a quarter way through the season. Yes, sir. All right. Well, y'all know the drill. Go ahead, hit that subscribe button, leave us that five-star rating, shout us out, share us on social media, let us know what you liked, what you didn't, and we'll be back next week. Peace.